One, two, three, four. Spoils of Akron. Coming at ya. With Liz and Chris. Let's talk Akron. Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. Pa! Hi, Chris. Hey, Liz. How are you today? Good. It's autumn. It's autumn in Akron. It is autumn, but it feels like summer still. At least, well, late summer, maybe. We have had a beautiful <laughs> November this year. Cannot complain at all. We really lucked all. out, definitely. Well, the parks are beautiful. Have you gone on any hikes? We've been outside a little bit, been to the parks. But honestly, all you need to do is like walk down the streets of Akron, some of the beautiful brick roads. Like, Can you think of any that, that you just immediately for you come to mind that are always limed with the big beautiful red or yellow leaves every year. They're kind of gone at this point. We missed, you know, we're talking like by a week or two, the leaves have fallen. Um, but like I'm thinking of the one Bloomfield, some of the streets over by right off of um, South Portage Path, you know, or all down Merriman. Beautiful. Definitely. Yeah, they're, they're lush. Do you have a yard? Do you rake? I do, but I don't rake. I just let nature take its course. <laughs> I let the leaves run free. Good excuse, and Chris. Migrate and migrate and do whatever they need to do to be leaves. Chris's excuse for not doing yard work is we're I letting not oppress we're leaves. letting nature take its course, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, it, it helps to um, it, it helps preserve oh. habitats to leave leaves in the yard. It, you, you don't have a yard, do you? Are you mocking me? Because no, no I, you're it's, looking it's, it's at my yard. It's easy to judge. No, <laughs> Look out the window to your left. That's my yard. Oh, yeah. It it's, looks very leaf free. So <laughs> It's a cement parking lot. It's a That's cement parking lot. But, my backyard. But you, you keep it free of leaves. So at least you're, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Yeah, I go, I go through these periods where because I live downtown and I have no yard, I mean, I crave nature. So people think I'm crazy when I go to their house and they have a yard. I just, it almost doesn't depend on, it doesn't even matter, I should say, on what season it is. I'll take off my shoes and I have to feel the grass between my toes. And I'm just like staring at and feeling the trees and they must, they just, they must think I'm this crazy hippie or something because I'm just like <laughs> communing with the yeah, random just, plants in their yard. But I can't. You're wildlife deficient. I can't help it. Yeah, I got to get my nature in when I can. Um, I can understand that. Did you do anything fun this weekend? I think you said this wasn't a particularly busy Akron type weekend for you. But what about recently speaking? You, um, okay. Yeah, recently speaking, because we haven't talked since last weekend, right. so last weekend was kind of busy. <laughs> All right, so speaking okay. of which, you had a very um, special part in an event last weekend, so we're talking right. Friday, what was it, November 4th? November 4th, yeah, yeah, P Pecha Kucha. Pecha yeah. Kucha. And Liz came and supported I me. Did. Lauren, too. I was, I was very happy to see both of you. Liz and Lauren. Yeah, it, it was fun, and it was... Um, it was sort of timely, you know, because our I I had a presentation with a uh, lovely lady named Ming Xiao who yeah. used to work for International Institute. You guys talked about how you're um, saving the whales in Summit Lake. That's yes, awesome. Yes, we are. <laughs> you always talk about hippies. Come on, full of good causes and. <laughs> well, well, what what uh, we did, not, we did a that's presentation. Not, really, <laughs> not not what he talked about. It isn't, but um, <laughs> it, it, we did a presentation on re refugees and immigrants in Akron, which is. They're a very important part of Akron and have been an important part of our, uh, uh, of actually keeping us from a serious population decline. But a bigger picture, you know, on the Akronists, one thing that I set out to do when we first launched the site was to 
help um, people in marginal populations have a voice. So w when I first started the site, I did a lot of articles and videos on the homeless population, or I should say when we first started the site, it's a group of us, but I, I did a lot of stories and videos on the homeless population, have done uh, coverage of the people who are in the working poor, people who have mental illness. So people, uh, even children, you know, I, I, we have a lot of guest columnists who are kids who write some awesome and amazing things, and, and their perspective is very fresh, very unique, and it's something you don't see in other publications. So the refugee and immigrant population is also one of those marginal populations, although they've gotten a lot more coverage than they have in the past. Um, but yeah, it's just part of helping people have that voice who may not feel like they have it. I feel like there's enough media out there that covers the same old thing, that covers sensational type of items, that covers very uh, polarizing opinions and viewpoints. I, I, I am actually trying to take this media product and use it for something different and something you don't normally see. So, Chris rant, Miller, rant over. Setting the precedent <laughs> for local media. What is tell in case anybody's not completely familiar? What is your outlet? It's the Acronist. Acronist. And they yes, can Acronist. they can find it all online, correct? All online on Facebook, social media. It started off as as mainly a citizen journalism effort where we would just train people in the community to tell stories, and so it's all about, I guess. Um, breaking down the breaking it down breaking it down breaking down the the monopoly or trying to break down the idea of a media being a monopoly and run by like one person and having it be more democratic and more people collaboratively contributing to this product so a, a true community effort with community input trying to be yes thank you can I ask you something yes do you get really good authentic food from the immigrants just, just yes absolutely just saying that would be a perk to some good chai tea working with them and yeah go visit go visit people for interviews and i do, do not turn down any food or any sort of refreshments yeah that's where it's at it. those Heck yeah oh they they make the good stuff yeah and not that that's why you're doing it i go sure. there of course i think about the awesome food like the nepali kitchen for instance right. came from that type of community um and right. so you know I, I just know whatever those whatever those guys are cooking at home it's good stuff even if they you don't have to be well to do to know how to cook really great no. authentic ethnic cuisine sure and and then the poly food reminds me of like chinese and indian food mm -hmm. kind of mashed up you know the um at the actual event that we were both at uh, Everest, Everest, which is, is an great. Indian restaurant, Indian and Nepali restaurant. They they catered that. Um, mm -hmm. So so yeah, I mean, actually, we're very lucky in Akron. We have a lot of different types of restaurants, cuisines, and I'm seeing it more and more. Like uh, for a city our size, we sure are booming in the restaurant industry, right? It's rolling. Does, it's, does that it's, scare you as a as someone who's been around for a little while? Do you does, see that as competition? It doesn't scare me. Um, it's one of those things where. There's certainly room for everybody restaurant-wise, I think. Um, it's, it's a pull, it's a draw when a city has a great restaurant scene. The missing component is that if you're talking about, say, downtown specifically, um, there's a lack of uh, downtown living and, and residents. You know, there's just not a lot of places for people to live. There's not a population that lives downtown right. to support a ton of restaurants to be here all the time. So um, if, if that problem gets fixed, then the more the merrier. You know, sure. th then it's truly a sort of uh, a booming, bustling city with, that needs all kinds of restaurants all the time. Um, right now it's a very commuter city, if you will. Ton, thousands and thousands of people, tens of thousands, drive in every day and leave for the most part. 
and they'll come back for special events on the weekends or maybe for a special dinner at night after work. But um, to really support, you know, a huge influx of new restaurants, we need people to live downtown to keep that constant business turning over kind of thing going. Um, same with the idea of boutiques and retail shops, as well as, um, you know, if you want to be more things like a, a spa downtown or more salon options, um, those types of things, a grocery store, a bodega, things like that are, are currently, there's one salon, thank, thank you Apothecary for opening. But right, it's just, right. you know, for a, for a major, for, I realize we're not huge, but for an actual city, um, there could be a lot more of that going on if it was supported by more living downtown. We, we need more bodegas only because I like saying the word bodega. Right. More <laughs> bodegas. More bodegas. And, well, I see that changing, though. I mean, there, there's, there's a push there for are it. more apartments coming up, uh, sprouting up downtown. I think we just need more development because we have so many empty mm -hmm. buildings. Correct. Yeah. So I, I think once the infrastructure is there, more people will move downtown. And this is, People seem yeah. to like it down here. It's no secret. It's, it's very talked about. The city is aware of this problem. So this is not something that um, isn't recognized and that they're right. not they are actually planning for it. So we'll see in the next couple of years uh, what comes to fruition, and, and I don't see why things wouldn't happen. So um, that's, it's just one of those things. Akron's grown so much in the past few years, in the past decade, and it's going to continue to do so, and that's going to be, I think, the next big way. Right, yeah. The pe people more interested in their neighborhood than ever before, and even people in the traditional neighborhoods are yeah. more interested in those neighborhoods. They want the fun, lively life that you live when you live in an urban setting, the easy access to things, right. to entertainment, walkability, parks, all of that. Um, so that's the picture I think a lot of people have in their heads for mm -hmm. this area, and I don't see why. I mean, there's a lot of good energy being put towards it. Why? I don't see why it wouldn't happen in the next couple of years. And you're setting trends because you were living downtown when no one was. It's true. It was a ghost town. <laughs> it was a ghost town. Yeah. You're like the hipster of living downtown. Like, I was doing this way I fell before. in love. It was I, cool. I fell in love. Right when we saw the neighborhood and saw our apartment, I said, this is it. So um, yeah. we were lucky, and, and it, it was a very limited um, availability type situation, and it still is. And like you said, um, there's been more and more coming up, you know, over at North and Howard, the new Cascade Lofts, they're right. all filled. That's yeah. so great. 100% occupancy. So it, it just shows you that there's a demand for it. Um, so what else is up, Liz? What, what, what have you been doing that was has been fun and exciting? Hmm. Well, I did go to Pecha Kucha. That was my first time. Thank yeah. you. And did you, did you like it? What did you think of the other speakers? I'll tell you, um, there were a couple that really stood out and maybe it is because I know you, but I thought what mm -hmm. you and, um, what the story was was very poignant and very uh, necessary to be addressed. And I love that um, people are bringing attention to the community, to the refugees, and to the causes. Speaking of which, Tessa, who owns Neighbors Apparel. Yes. Did you see her? She was on, there was a news story, like yes. on the Cleveland News. Right, it was right. so cool. She's got national coverage. She was, she was been in a few things lately. She, she's excellent. Well, if nobody knows what we're talking about, Tessa owns um, a t-shirt company called Na Neighbors Apparel, and she has refugee women making these awesome Ohio t-shirts. So they cost a little more, but you're helping provide a living to these women. So anyway, I just caught it. There was a news story because they were talking about um, refugees in Northeast Ohio. So again, to your point, to, to talking about that story and the importance of it, um, there are other people doing really cool things. Tessa is a great example and helping support those communities 
and making them feel welcome here um, as opposed to making them feel like uh, they need to be sort of in their own neighborhoods right. with their own foods and their own culture. I love that people are trying to help them assimilate and get integrated in, into the community. It's very important. Akron has really helped our resettled residents feel welcome. Akron's a city with a big heart, a big heart and big open arms. Definitely. So um, th- they've really come to the right place, I think. This, this is a good city to be if you've come from afar and um, are looking to make roots here in America. This is, honestly, I can't think of a better city that I would want to do it in if I was coming from somewhere else. Um, the other thing that stood out in my mind from that evening, well, two actually, Sophie from the Devil Strip, her story. Uh, she was a former heroin addict and has been um, off of heroin for eight or nine years now, she said. And I've known her for a long time. She's been a friend of ours for years, but I didn't know that entire story. So it was really hard to hear your friend talk about um, what she went through and some of the really ugly sides of heroin and what it did to her as a person and what paths it took her down. But it was a beautiful thing at the same time to see somebody get up and have come full circle to the point where they could get up and actually talk about that in a public sense. I can't imagine how much courage that took because Lots, it, it was yeah. it was a shocking story. Sure. And um, and that's the reality of that drug. So um, for those uh, who were wondering, um, Actually, you don't want to go down that I'm road. At, if I might interrupt you. <laughs> it's bad news. It's a bad, bad drug. There, um, there have been an average of 12 overdoses per day since yeah. July in this county. I mean, it's it's a very, very serious thing. And a lot of organizations are trying to address this. And it's it's like it's like stopping a hole in a boat and you're sinking. You know, it's it's a lot of a emergency just trying to plug those holes and to keep our residents from dying. So one of the things they did was they equipped every co- a police car with Narcan, I think is what it's called, um, the the drug that's used to revive you from an overdose. So they're, they're, they're trying to educate parents more, trying to equip our first responders with, with things that they can use to um, to help keep residents from dying. Just, just you know, those Narcan's kind of the first line of defense. The next line is just opening up more emergency beds for people who need help and need treatment. It's so important to help those who are currently suffering and dealing and overdosing and needing treatment and need uh, to go through the rehab. The whole situation um, needs addressed on that end. But first and foremost, I think America needs to stop say why is this happening how do we prevent it from continuing at this rate of speed and we have to start with drug education at a childhood level i don't know what's what's happened in recent years in the past decade but i know when i was a kid um nancy reagan had plugged in this really great famous say no to drugs campaign, right? Everybody knew that growing up. Those were famous words, the com- commercials with the fried eggs and the brains on drugs and all that. But And, and so it's, it almost seemed like just second nature to us. But that was a huge campaign that was intentionally put in place. And it was a, a really big push for drug education that following the 80s with the cocaine and the crack and all of that, um, there was a recognition that something needed to be done. And so, I mean, that was just driven into us in school. And it was just second nature that you don't mess around with that stuff. Now maybe you get to college and you do some, you know, just young adult type experimentations and things like that and the recreational nonsense. But you don't 
go to those extremes where you try something that you know the first time you take it could make you an addict for life or that you could or, overdose. Or, or could kill you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's terrifying. At any, having any given time or you don't even know what you're taking. You don't share needles. So I don't know if in the past um, decade or whatever that those drug programs and the education had, was in place as strong as it had been the previous decade. So I can't help but think that that's where it starts. It starts at home with the parents educating, and it starts in the schools with the educators educating about the dangers um, because something's gotten lost along the way. Well, and here, here's something that has contributed to I mean, this. now parents are doing it in front of their kids again. I mean, it's really well, true. I think parents have always done that, unfortunately. Right, but I, I mean, I, but, it, it never completely <coughs> stopped, yeah. but you have to recognize trends, you know. Right. Well, you know, with, with my job at the foundation, the community foundation, um, I, I get to research a lot of applicants for grants and a lot of programs. And one is that the Akron Police Department has a program that's called Hidden in Plain Sight, where, and we just published a story today uh, on the Akronist about this, where they um, put a replica up of a child's bedroom and they show you all the normal items that could be in their bedroom that could indicate risky behavior, not only drugs, but alcohol abuse, um, self-harm, bullying, um, you know, uh, uh, eating disorders, and there are potentially hundreds of items, like things like a, what looks like a, a, a stick of deodorant that has a secret compartment in it, or it looks like a mouse, but it's actually a drug scale to be weighed. Yeah. Um, and and they, they say, these officers I talk with, the the internet, YouTube, and all this, all the, the the wide open media, social media available for young people to communicate with each other, opens the doors to more of the risky behavior and more ideas and more ways to hide things from your parents. So no, the, you're, you're the totally means of right. communications are wide open to the where media. children oh have gosh. access to so right. much information that we didn't when we were young. So I, I think that contributes a lot to huge point. What's happening. So so important to say that what the kids are exposed to. Um, from the media, from all the outlets, it's changed what's normal to them. It's it's given them a skewed perspective of what's okay versus what right. what is. When we grew up, you know, something that we would have looked at and been like almost alarmed by or, or not understood what it was. These kids know what all this nonsense is now. Um, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to you know, I mean, you name it, sex. They right. they know things beyond their years that they shouldn't know. Um, so. I don't know how I give credit to parents today because I don't know how you completely protect your child from that. It's going to get around through their friends at school and uh, they all have phones and you can only protect them so much it seems these days. So parents have to be stronger than ever. These officers said in their presentation, they say that um, parents who communicate openly with their children and directly address these issues, they're less, the kids are less likely to engage in that risky behavior. So the only advice we can offer or I could offer personally as a parent and as someone who's spoken with some of the leaders in our community is to directly address this with your kids. Don't hide it. Don't ignore it. It's all out there. So you might as well sit down and say, hey, I yeah. know I know what's going on. I did things, stupid things when I was a kid. But, you, you know, you have to understand these things can kill you. This can this can harm you, you know, and, and it's not going to it may not keep them from trying things and doing it. But you, we're just going to have to be open to the fact that kids will kids will go through phases. They will experiment, but if we can educate them and tell them it's okay to mess up, it's okay to screw up, it's okay, 
you know, you're going to make mistakes, but, but to, you know, I think education is the key in open communication, you know, cause we're not going to keep them from finding out about these things. There's no, no. way yeah, you can't shelter no your kids either. So, right. No, you're right. Um, on a, on a high point or on yes. a, <laughs> on the we lighter need, side, we need some positivity here. Sorry. <laughs> also at Pajaguja. <laughs> no, the, the other performance or well, the other, I'm sorry. Um, person, participant that stood out to me was the young piano player, the young pianist. Um, oh, I think he was yeah. 13. How old? No, 15. I 15 think. now? Yeah. See, so he performs on the piano and I paid $5 to get into Pachacucha. You have the option to do it sure. for free or the option to donate $5. I don't care if you got him for free or paid the $5. That was like a $60 ticket performance. That's what level of piano playing, we were all, we all had the privilege of listening to. I was in awe. I mean, he played like Beethoven. He played he classically, and beautifully, and I can't remember the last time, you know, you have to go to a really beautiful theater in an incredible city and with an orchestra pit and a grand piano to hear that level of talent. That the, kid was awesome. He's played all over the world and he, he battled with cancer at, when he was on 12. Top of it, yeah, on top so of it, yeah. he played music while this, you know, the Pechacucha concept is 20 slides, 20 seconds per slide. So you have to be really coordinated and choreographed with, with your presentation. So his presentation was a story written out in words. And while he played the soundtrack, it was almost like a silent movie. It was. It's really cool. So on top of this incredible um, piano playing, which for part of it, I just closed my eyes and listened. But then you have to open them because like you said, on the screen, on the projector screen, are the words of his story about his cancer and how music got him through it. Um, so on top of this gorgeous, very, I, I, you could just feel that music. Um, that performance, there was this incredible backstory, and then you realize, you know, that this young man's been through so much. He's not just a talented musician; he's a survivor and a fighter. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't be more grateful for just having been here, been there. Excuse me to experience that, and I feel terrible because I don't know his name offhand. Do you? I don't. I we have to look it up. <laughs> we, we, we have I, to I feel terrible yeah. talking about him to this extent sure. and not being able to give him full credit. But yeah, I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking. And um, we'll, other than that, there's been a lot of um, getting ready for the holidays around Akron. The lights are up on the, the lampposts all down Main Street. You know what I mean? The, the mm -hmm. snowflakes and yeah. all the stockings and all that stuff are hung. Um, they're getting lock three ready. They have the ice skating rink getting ready to open this Friday, if you didn't know. Um, let's see, we've got Crafty Mart coming up. So lots of holiday preparations and things. Um, first night is scheduled, of course. So it's just that time of year. Like Thanksgiving is next week. Right. Already. And it, it's so warm, it doesn't feel like no, it's I this know. late in the season, which I really, I, I'm, I'm very thankful that it's warm, but it just feels, yeah. it, it, I'm a little off on my timeline here. Totally. I just feel like this is the week where it starts to just snowball. Like the week before Thanksgiving, it's just, there's this little snowball and then it just starts to roll and grow. And next thing you know, the end of the year has come or whatever. So it's like time to start enjoying the holidays and planning for everything. So, so I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt. What do you got? The, the kid's name is James Wilson. James Wilson. Who did a personal narrative of his last few years of, of illness. And I'll just go down the line here. The other speakers were Bill Lyons, Brantley, Audrey Wallace, James Hardy, Sophie, who, uh, Franchi, who we talked about, Tara Milo, and Mark Schweitzer. Okay, B back to fall and, and Christmas and all that good stuff. And Chris Miller. And Chris Miller in the <laughs> show. Yeah, we, 
we covered that one ad nauseum. I did you. go to a, a really great, speaking of music, I went to a, a great performance on Friday Night at Blue. Uh, Phil Anderson played. Was it Friday night? Yeah. And he, if you're not familiar, is the new local musician who's kind of back in town. He yeah, performs with Wesley Bright. Right, yeah, he's right. really good. He, he's living up above Crave. I don't think he'll mind that I put that on last. And, and he housed the exactly. Joanna who we interviewed he's, a few weeks ago. He's going to sort of help house or host um, local, in a local sense, um, visiting artists and musicians who come in from out of town who are playing at Blue and other venues. So really cool that he's doing that, but he is very talented himself. And my favorite thing he played, I love... I'm such a sucker for Sade. I, if, if you didn't know this about me, I love Sade. And he covered some Sade, and D- I just melted. You like Sade, huh? Oh, I do, I do, I do. So that was really fun. Um, he was on the piano that night. <gasps> Did you know Blue's piano? It's a gr- it looks like a grand piano, or it looks uh-huh. like a baby grand. But there are, have you ever heard of this? There are no strings. Really? What? No, I didn't know that. That is not a true percussion instrument. A stringless piano, No, it's piano, electric. Huh? Re- oh, Joe okay. Scott, the sound engineer, told me afterward because... My friend Emily and I, my friend Lauren's friend Emily, and who's my friend now too, we tried to get on stage and play the piano, of course, like maniacs, because why wouldn't we? Sure. And it wouldn't play. And, <laughs> and we were so baffled because we lifted the little lid to the keys and we're, you know, a piano, it doesn't matter. You can't shut it off. Well, you can shut that piano off. Uh, it's a very sophisticated wow. electric piano of some type. It some sounds sort. like a regular piano. But though. I felt very... Uh, I felt sort of betrayed there. I felt a little, uh, what? We were all misled. Do, do you feel duped a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. But Joe Scott said, no, no, this is not, don't think of it that way. It's a very professional piano. It's the same type Alicia Keys uses, he says. Oh, so okay. I guess it's it's up there. It's it's the best. Because I'll tell you what, to hear it, you know, it was, it was played. We listened, obviously. It is beautiful. You wouldn't have known the difference. Sure, yeah. And I like seeing shows there. They're just... Oh, it's such a... It's a great venue. Beautiful club. Yeah, it really is. Beautiful. So so what else have you been up to? Let's see, let's see. Akron-wise, let's see. I um, I have been getting a little shopping done, speaking of the holidays. Picking up little things here and there. Um, my neighbor, Ely Road Boutique, E-L-Y, if anyone's interested, right next door to Urban Eats. I picked up a pair of slippers for a friend of mine for Christmas. So that's how I shop, because I can't do it all at once. The holidays are too much all at once for me in December, because we have... Um, so many birthdays, December birthdays on top of Christmas. And then there's events and catering. So I'm not even kidding. I, when I see something, I grab it. I put it in my gift bin. So I've been kicking it out. I got um, a couple things from St. Augustine Suds. Uh, she makes candles and soaps. Um, I've just been like trying to get into shops and see things and grab them when I can. Um, Noto has so much cool stuff right now. It's crazy. Her new store, Noto North. And the um, Akron Honey Company is moving in behind her, same location essentially. And I think they actually opened this week, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're, I'm just saying, if you're trying to get in the holiday mood and um, get some local shopping done, that neighborhood, the north side, is great for that on a Friday or a Saturday night because it's just got that feel about it. You can also do dinner and a drink, but I went on the art walk this month, which was the first Saturday of the month, rode the trolley. 
I went to Noto, I went to Zebra Martel, and it could, Zebra Martel had, had just the whole holiday vibe going. They had Christmas lights and- I love that place. Green and red packages in the windows. Like they knew this was like kicking off the holiday season, the November art walk. So everybody's ready for you guys to come in and shop and support them. It's really important to remember. I feel like a lot of our listeners know that because they are that kind of acronite, but they, if they you are, could- but, but tell other people. You've got tell to your spread, family, tell absolutely. Your You've got right, to spread right. the word um, that, you know, it's not all about ordering off of Amazon and all about um, big box stores and the best deals. It's about supporting your local businesses and friends. If you want your city to continue to be interesting and have those options, um, it, it's really important. The local boutiques and retailers count on your holiday business, no doubt. Like, does I don't care where you go. Don Drum, Akron Glassworks. Ooh. I went to a glass blowing workshop yesterday oh, in excellent. Columbus. Wow. Yeah, it was my brother's birthday over the weekend and the whole family, um, we, we did this cool glass blowing workshop at Glass Axis in Columbus and it was great. It was great. But I've done Akron Glassworks workshop before and I gotta say they kind of have them beat a little bit because you get to do more at Akron Glassworks. Oh, Akron has them beat good. Yeah. That's good to hear. And not, I'm not even saying don't do glass axes in Columbus. It really was great. And the instructor was wonderful, but just little things like when you make the glass ornaments here in, at Akron Glassworks here in town, you get to actually do the little loop on top. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The little loop that makes for an ornament. I do. It's yeah. made of glass, the whole thing. Right. And, and here you get to take the little clampers and turn that glass and make that little loop yourself. Whereas down in Columbus, they did it for you. And uh. it was one of those things where I wanted to tell my family that it was kind of a cool thing that they unfortunately missed because there's a very distinct feel to the pull of the glass as it's cooling and making that loop. So in any case, really, I'm just saying kudos to Jack Baker and Akron Glassworks, yeah. which and, is and now their new location on yeah, Spicer. Right. Road. Which is now officially reopened and refunctioning all over again. And in, in the basement of the church right. on Spicer, just adjacent to Don Drum. Like if, if everybody hasn't gone, please go check them out. You can sign up for workshops. Um, it's a really cool thing to support and a great holiday activity. Well, and, and um, also um, Crafty Mart's coming up, which will give everyone a chance to buy local. But a, a couple of things I wanted to uh, throw in there since you're talking about this. Um, there's a couple of advantages to buying local. One, you're going to buy items that are one of a kind and you can't find online through mass merchandisers. So when you show up for Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever holiday, and you give your friends and family gifts, you know no one else is probably going to get them these particular things. Second uh, benefit is just, you know, I know it's convenient probably to order online from home, but when you go out to the stores in Akron um, and you talk to people you're buying items from, you're not dealing with a minimum wage 16-year-old kid. You're, you're most likely interacting with the owner of that business. So you get to interact with some really cool people in Akron, maybe make some new friends, and this person's going to be very thankful for your purchase. And person, people, they're going to be very thankful for that interaction, for that per uh, purchase. And it's a great way to meet people in the community. So there's a number of benefits to this. And there are so many options. I don't know if some people think like, oh, well, there's not a whole lot. Uh, maybe in one given area, there's not 10 or 20 things. But if you really concentrate on finding the different nooks and crannies of Akron, there's actually quite a, a bit um, to choose from. And so it'd be really fun to get some friends together and find some of those spots. I mean, we're talking the bomb shelter. We're talking stagecoach. We're talking the new steam trunk, square records. Birchwood Supply Company, I, Hazel Tree oh, Interiors. Great, yes. 
Yeah, so a plethora of items here. So You know what we should do is maybe for our um, next Core 4 episode or for one of the upcoming pre-holiday episodes, we'll have a nice compiled list of local gift shops or boutiques with goods that are great for holidays. I would like that. And Put a little list a, together. A couple for years ago, I for, for two years, I tried to do a holiday buy local holiday gift guide on the Akronis, but it was so much work putting it together. So maybe, let's put this out there, maybe the Devil Strip will do something like that yeah, this year. Yeah, I'll give it to Or maybe Chris. we can help uh, put yeah, it. Yeah, we maybe should do we'll, it. We'll, yeah, let's, let's, you know. That'd be really fun. Let's each of us come up with a list of our favorite places let's to shop, it. and we can start I'm, pushing that for I the mean, holidays. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it might be like, well, you might have to stop and think about it, but there really are a ton, you guys. There's so Rubber many. City Clothing. I mean, it just goes on and on. The Art Museum store. What a great store to support. It supports yeah. the Art Museum. And, and I like getting people consumable gifts like food and things Ooh. because everyone has too much stuff. So get them like coffee roasters, coffee, or honey, you know. Yeah. Um, gift certificates gift to restaurants. Gift certificates to Urban Eats. There you go. You know. Um, but so, yeah, I, I like consumable gifts because you're not adding to you the You cannot eat of, our gift certificates, however. Please note. You can if you're starving, though. And the only thing in your pocket <laughs> are those gift certificates. Oh, my God. I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired, Chris. I'm going to make edible gift certificates this year. Ooh. Like fruit roll-up ones or something. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I think yeah, that's pretty should. cool, right? So, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our shortened podcast today. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, sorry. I feel like I Liz came in with a bunch of notes. I feel like I sidetracked. No, the these are, I swear, with, these are just events. You're good. Okay, cool. Good, so, um, so, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, okay. and start telling us about some upcoming okay. cool things to do? If you're looking to go see a movie this week, um, The Nightlight has a movie called The Handmaiden. It's playing through the 17th. And then there's a movie called Moonlight opening on the 18th. And at the Highland Theater in Highland Square, Doctor Strange is there through Wednesday the 16th of this week. And then Fantastic Beasts is coming to the Highland Theater starting Thursday, November 17th. Um, this Wednesday at Musica, there is uh, going to be a performance by Ted Leo and Rhea, But Rhea Butcher, and that's an 8 o'clock show. You can go to akronmusica.com to get the show details, buy tickets ahead of time kind of thing. This Friday, as I mentioned, the ice skating rink at Lock 3 is officially opening. And that's Friday the 18th, like I said. Um, they're usually open then through, what, February? Somewhere in there. What, the skating rink? Yeah, do yeah. they close in I, January or February? I, I think it's, yeah, either January or February. One of those. We'll worry <laughs> about that or. when the time comes. Yeah. We also have um, Crafty Mart coming up, like we mentioned, and that's going to be at Musica, at the Art Museum, and at Summit Art Space, November 26th and 27th. It's a two-day event. And the evening of November 26th at E.J. Thomas Hall, the Pretenders are playing. So if you didn't know, Chrissy Hine and the Pretenders are coming back to Akron for a one-night performance that's at E.J. Thomas Hall, November 26th, and Timecat, local band Timecat, is opening for them. So that's going to be a really cool show. Um, I've got some friends getting together, and we're going to that, which is crazy of me because I'll be busy working Crafty Mart both days, and I'll be really tired. But I don't care. We're going. It's going to be fun. And that's my list of events, Mr. Mr. Chris Miller. I can't believe uh, Thanksgiving is next week. I know. That is it, pure, know. pure insanity. Urban Eats will be closed Black Friday, FYI. We, uh, we will be closed Thanksgiving Day, of course, and then we'll be closed on Friday to get ready for Crafty Mart. Okay. So this week, um, on Wednesday, there's a screening of what's called Boggy Creek Monster documentary, and, I'm, and it's, in, it's at Canton Palace Theater. I'm bringing this up because the guy who 
makes these movies. Seth Breedlove is a really cool guy. He lives nearby, um, I think in Norton, um, either Norton or Wadsworth, one of those burbs of Akron. But he's a he makes documentaries about cryptozoology, about uh, uh, creatures and monsters in different towns across the USA, and he it's top notch filmmaker. Um, also, the 18th and 19th is the Downtown Akron Harvest Fest, which I just learned about. It's this really cool um, celebrating some of the the way that the Ohio and Erie Canal Path, uh, Towpath uh, connects, is connecting this community. And so there's going to be food carts, arts programming, live music, DJs, uh, drinks. Um, there's going to be a showing of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory at, at Lock 4. Yeah, that's excellent. So it's, it's the 18th and the 19th. Um, also, there's a reception for a, a program called Artists Who Teach at Akrona Galleries on West Market Street. So a lot of art teachers uh, get a chance to actually uh, submit work to this, and that's 6 to 9 p.m. is the um, opening, um, November 18th as well. Um, what else we got here? Um, there is a electric pressure cooker with our friends from Watering Aesthetics, November 26th at 8 p.m. And I saw something else when Liz was talking, and I, oh, let's see. Um, Christ Child uh, Society, a boutique and luncheon on November 19th. And oh, Christ. I'm just kidding. Who says that? And it's uh, homemade I'm sure it's goods, artisans, and it's it's a great local nonprofit, the, the Christ Child Society. So that is on Saturday, November 19th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. I am twisted and wrong. Ignore me. Okay. Um, and FYI, here's a good one. If people don't want to cook this Thanksgiving and don't want to eat their relatives, not so great cooking. Guess what? Frank's place is open for Thanksgiving. Really? <laughs> Swear. Good to know. They okay. open. They open at 5 p.m. Thanksgiving Day. So if you are either living in Akron without a lot of family or just want to rebel against the whole holiday family scene with all the arguing and politics. Yeah. No one's talking Go about to Frank's right place. 5 p.m. Thanksgiving Day. I think that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> There okay. You go. Well, well, thanks, Liz. We, we had no, no guests problem. today, but and I was worried about what we talk about. But we we could fill hours if we had to, right? We could just sit here and converse. Yes. We could just shut these mics <laughs> off and keep going. And I wish we could. You know, I know. I, I, um, I do have a th something else I have to get to this evening. What but, would that um, be, Chris? Our ukulele group. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. So cool. And then I'm doing yoga later. Oh, look at you! <laughs> With uh, a, at the well. That's Actually, a, uh, a very full Monday. It is a full Monday. Um, it's called Be Still Harmonious Yoga. And it, our Zach Friedhoff and and Rooted Akron and the um, City Repair folks they you know they're all they all kind of collaborate but I think Rooted Akron does this but it's um the next one is November twenty eighth and it's the second and fourth Monday at seven p.m. so it's music and Reiki and so I, I figure I need something like that in my life I've been very stressed out so I'll give it a shot tonight do it to it you deserve right. it thanks Liz okay so next week this is episode 74. 74. Next, next week is 75. 75. And hopefully we're going to have the four of us here back in action. So Core four. Everyone have a wonderful week. Everyone have a wonderful week. You Absolutely. have a wonderful week, Liz. It was great seeing you today. And I love Liz, you, Chris Miller. love you, too. Aww. Liz is a ginger now. She got her hair done. Yeah. So, all right. As always. Changed it up. Have. have keep it. Keep it. Something. Something. An Akron day. <laughs> an Akron day. 